Blog Talk Radio. It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway. To all of you who live in the United States, happy Independence Day. It is a gorgeous summer in Minnesota. The grass is green. The sun is shining. The Twin Cities are the cleanest cities I've ever seen. The roads, well, the ones that are not under construction are smooth and easy to get around. And it is a beautiful season to celebrate Independence Day. As a culture, Minnesotans love the outdoors. So in the winter, they're out ice fishing, snowshoeing, skiing, and generally doing lots of things I have no interest in doing because I, for one, hibernate during the wintertime. But in the summer, they are running around the lakes, biking, canoeing, hanging out on the beaches, Listening to live music in the parks is a lovely time of year. Independence Week will probably be, well, I'm guessing it'll probably be kind of slow at work because a lot of people are taking either Monday and Tuesday off or they're taking Wednesday and Thursday um, and Friday off or some who have the vacation left, well, the entire week. So it is a lovely, lovely time, at least In my world, it's a lovely, lovely time in Minnesota and um, in the United States. And I asked the question, what are you doing on Independence Day of my Facebook friends and on my website, thespeewayshow.com? And I received a variety of answers that I am going to share with you. Renee said, we will take our boat out on the river and watch fireworks go off from a barge on the Mississippi. Well, I thought, well, gee, how fun is that? Matter of fact, if uh, and Renee is one of my, my longtime friends, and if I actually had the time and the energy and the space to drive on over to see her in Iowa, boy, I sure would like to be there right along with her. Uh, Quentin said, I'll be heading to Chicago for the Taste of Chicago Festival. Those of you who live in Chicago or have been to Chicago may know that actually Independence Day coincides with the famous Taste of Chicago Festival where you get to walk around and eat and and, and see stuff. And um, a couple of years ago I went to see a friend of mine there and uh, we just had a ball. So Quentin is going to the Taste of Chicago. Uh, but not before, seeing Transformers 3D. He says, I'll also be shooting a bit of my own 3D footage at the festival, as I have just bought the latest, hottest phone from HTC and Sprint to help me do the task. It will all culminate in a nice drive back up to Milwaukee, where I will be attending Summerfest, the world's largest music festival. Now, those are some plans. Edward said, I will be grilling some hot dogs for lunch and steaks for dinner with some Sam Adams and fireworks along the way. Uh, those of you who are thinking, I thought Sam Adams was dead. Sam Adams is a, a, a beer that is, I don't know, reasonably popular. I'm not a beer drinker, so I, I, I can't say exactly. But uh, that's what Edward's going to be up to. 
Jasmine said, I'm going to my home to see my family, and we're going to barbecue and hang out. Brian said, absolutely nothing. He and his family have no plans for Independence Day. There are actually, I think, a a lot of people that uh, I talk to who have no plans, partly because it's on a Wednesday, so if you don't take time off, there really isn't much opportunity to go anywhere. James said, we're having a pool party. Can the girls come? I said, yes. So the girls uh, are going to go over to Daddy's house for a pool party while I yuck it up with my bestest, best girlfriend and uh, another friend of ours, and we're going to pretend we have, you know, at least she and I are going to pretend we have no children since her hubby and three kids are off to see his mom. So she and I get to pretend we have no children and see how much trouble we can get into. Today, as the show airs, this is uh, Sunday, July the 1st, and we are actually headed for the Beethoven Festival in Winona, Minnesota, to watch three-time Grammy Award winner Branford Marcellus play. Now, the last time he played in Winona was in 2008, so it will be a treat. Cross your fingers that I can catch up with him, and he'll be gracious enough to grant me an interview. Ah, it's good to dream. Wouldn't that be awesome? But you never know. Tomorrow, Monday, I am actually taking the day off, and I'll be at the annual Lewis Sports Foundation Golf Classic at the Wild Golf Course here in Minnesota. Stop by if you're in the Twin Cities and help us enjoy the day and raise money to teach our youth life skills through sports. I also have to make some time out to go visit with my friend who's car shopping. So Ben and I are going to go and um, look at, uh, he's excited about uh, Range Rover he found. So I always love cars, whether I'm buying one or not. So we're going to go and do some car shopping. So for me, it's not just the 4th, it's the weekend up to the 4th, and I'm taking time off on Friday. And uh, so I figure if you're going to celebrate, then, boy, you may as well find ways to celebrate all week. Stedman says, we're getting together with family and friends to picnic on the lake, listen to live music, then go see the fireworks. I'm going to guess that Stedman might actually live in Minnesota, the land of 10,000 lakes, and that doesn't count the puddles and pools, because that is, you know, sort of thing that would be spoken like a true Minnesotan. Live music, lakes, oh yes, and uh, hanging out and just generally spending time outside. So having thus gone through what different individuals are doing for Independence Day, Let us now get on with the business of looking at our different countries. And we will start with, drumroll please. The United States. How did you guess? And uh, so let's talk about the Independence Day uh, in the United States. Now, in the U.S., it's a federal holiday commonly known as the 4th of July, commemorating the adoption of the Declaration of Independence on July the 4th, 1776, declaring independence from none other than the British Empire. We're going to hear a lot about the British Empire today, which uh, is kind of unfortunate because um, it it kind of says something about the British Empire over the past uh, several decades. 
And uh, it was just a troublesome empire, uh, wasn't it, for those of you who know your history? A whole lot of countries had to fight for freedom from the British, not the least of which was the United States. Anyway, typical celebrations on the 4th of July, uh, you know what they are, right? Fireworks, parades, barbecues, carnivals, fairs, picnics, concerts, baseball games, family reunions, and political speeches and ceremonies and a whole lot of other public and private events that celebrate the history, the government, and American traditions. Independence Day is the national day in the United States. Never, never underestimate the value of celebrating one's Independence Day. So what did they do back in 1777? Anyway, on the morning and evening of July the 4th, they fired a 13-gun salute in Bristol, Rhode Island. In Philadelphia, there was an official dinner for the Continental Congress and toasts and a 13-gun salute, speeches, prayers, music, parades, troop reviews, and fireworks. Ships were decked out in red, white, and blue bunting. The following year, General George Washington marked July the 4th with a double ration of rum for his soldiers and an artillery salute. Across the Atlantic Ocean, Ambassadors John Adams and Benjamin Franklin held a dinner for their fellow Americans in, Frank- in Paris, France. In 1781, the Massachusetts General Court became the first state legislature to recognize July the 4th as a state celebration. In 1783, Moravians in Salem, North Carolina, held a celebration of July 4th with a challenging music program assembled by Johann Heydrich Peter. I hope I said that correctly. This work was entitled The Psalm of Joy. So you can see what a big deal independence was over the years and still is today. 1791 was the first year where the use of the term Independence Day was actually recorded. In 1820, the first 4th of July celebration was held in Eastport, Maine. And to this day, it is still the largest celebration in the state. In 1870, the U.S. Congress finally, well, made Independence Day an unpaid holiday for federal employees. Now, on the one hand, you can imagine it was great that it was a holiday, not so great that it was unpaid. And uh, I don't know if this was true back then, but every uh, everywhere I go today, what I hear about government workers is they're not paid nearly enough budget constraints, I'm sure. So federal holiday for uh, federal employees, uh, that's great, but if you're not getting paid, that probably made a big difference to some people. Um, but the good news is it finally did change. In 1938, so think about the time difference, though, right? So 1870, 
It is a holiday, but you can't get paid for it. Finally, in 1938, Congress finally decided to change Independence Day to a paid federal holiday. Much better for all of us, no doubt. And, of course, in the United States, whether you're a federal employee or whether you're a private employee like myself, you get a paid holiday for Independence Day. Now, here's a little-known fact about American independence. I ran into an article that said uh, that Independence Day actually should have been celebrated on July the 2nd, and I thought, really? What? Uh, and, and, And go figure, huh? So according to the United States National Archives, July 2, 1776, is actually the day that the Continental Congress voted for independence. John Adams, in his writings, even noted that July the 2nd would be remembered in the annals of American history and would be marked with fireworks and celebrations. Well, that didn't quite happen. The written Declaration of Independence was dated July 4. But actually, it wasn't even signed until August the 2nd. 56 delegates eventually signed the document, although they were not all present on that day in August even. So this process took a while, starting apparently on July the 2nd. And here's something that I wanted you to know, in case you're wondering about this. In signing the Declaration of Independence, and if you are American or if you're an American citizen, you really ought to know this. But in signing the Declaration of Independence, John Hancock signed first because he was the president of the Congress. The others signed by state delegation. And, of course, Hancock's signature is also very distinct, and sometimes when Americans want you to sign something, they ask you for your John Hancock, and that is why. And it's a, yeah, I've seen the signature. It's actually very flowery and floral and, and absolutely a beautiful thing to behold, really. But um, that is where we get the concept of signing your John Hancock. Now, a discussion about American independence would not be complete without talking about Juneteenth. Back in 1777, independence from the British did not actually mean that all Americans were free. You may remember from your history class that President Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation on January 1, 1863. The Emancipation Proclamation freed the slaves. Well, wouldn't you know it, no one bothered to tell the slaves in Texas that they were free. I know. I'll let you come up with your own reasons for that one. It wasn't until June 19, 1865, that the Union soldiers landed in Galveston, Texas, with news that the war had ended and the slaves were free. The document was General Order Number 3, and General Gordon, who led the uh, Union soldiers, 
one of his first orders of business was to read this order to the people of Texas. It began as follows. The people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves, and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and free laborer. you can imagine the variety of reactions from shock and horror to absolute jubilation. On the other hand, this was two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed and 86 years after the Declaration of Independence. Just imagine. So if it makes you mad now thinking about it, imagine how mad you would have been to find out that actually you had been free for two years and were still literally slaving away from Astra so-and-so. But there you have it. And I have to say that everything that I have read and heard about that period says, you know, it, it of course was not a wonderful step forward where everything became uh, lovely and now I am your employer and you have to pay me because, of course, Resistance was great, and um, there was a long, long struggle that that started back then, goes on still today in the United States for complete equalities for all people, and that includes minorities, it includes women, and it is certainly, we've made a lot of progress, but it is certainly not a done deal. So while we celebrate our progress, we have to remember that there is still quite a ways to go before all of us are completely equal. So all that to say, if you didn't already know, Juneteenth is the oldest known celebration commemorating the end of slavery in the United States, and it is celebrated across the different states on June the 19th. Now, later attempts to explain how this two-and-a-half-year delay in the receipt of this important news have yielded all sorts of versions that have been handed down through the years. So one said, well, you know, there was a messenger who was supposed to come and tell the Texans, and he got murdered on his way to Texas. Shucks. Another one said, well, the news was deliberately withheld by the enslavers to maintain the labor force on the plantations. Well, you can see how that would happen. Still another is that the federal troops actually waited for the sales, uh, the slave owners to reap the benefits of one last cotton harvest before going to Texas to enforce the Emancipation Proclamation. Now, heavenly only knows what's really true, but at the end of the day, what we know is Texas remained status quo well beyond the time period that it should have. 
So now we have covered the United States. Let us travel around the world. First place that I'm going to land is, of course, my homeland, Zimbabwe, the land where I was born and will love until the day I die. It is also the home of one of the major tourist destinations of the world today, the spectacular Victoria Falls. It is, and Zimbabwe is, an independent country situated in the southern region of Africa, so it is the immediate northern neighbor to South Africa, and it is, well, I guess south of just about everybody else. It's a little teapot. If you look at the map of South Africa, you look just about just above South Africa. It's a. It looks like a teapot-shaped uh, landmass, and it is, if I remember correctly, it's about the size of the state of Nevada. And at last census, it had about 13 million people. The Republic of Zimbabwe enjoys an independent status and is a member of the United Nations and various other. Uh, organizations. The country gained its independence after years of struggle against, guess who? The British. <laughs> and Zimbabweans have celebrated our Independence Day on April 18th since 1980. Next door is the more uh, difficult and intriguing story of South Africa. It is interesting because what many people don't realize is that it actually achieved independence from Britain on May 31, 1910. Did you know that? 1910. And that was overshadowed, however, by the legislative establishment of the apartheid system of government by the British and the Dutch from 1948 to 1994. This system classified inhabitants into four racial groups, native, white, colored, and Asian. And uh, residential areas were then segregated, and people were forced to move if they lived in the wrong neighborhood. So you can see the troops coming out and uh, just viciously, viciously forcing people to leave their homes. So it's like somebody shows up at your house, knock, 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 and tells you, well, you know, you have to leave your home with everything in it, and you need to go and live down there, over there, in that other place, which, depending on where you lived at the time, was probably quite a bit worse than wherever you were living. So that's what they did. Naturally, the greatest beneficiaries of this system were the white and Africana minority, while the original owners of the land, the black, major, uh, the black majority, were stripped of citizenship and forced into one of ten tribally-based self-governing homes called the Bantustans, four of which became nominally independent states. And, of course, you can imagine the conditions under which the South Africans were forced to, the native South Africans were forced to live. The government segregated education, medical care, the beaches, and other public services, and very intentionally and systematically provided black people with services, well, if you can even call them that, far inferior to those of the whites. And, of course, you know that the years of apartheid also included the imprisonment and murder of uh freedom fighters like Stephen Biko, and most famously, Nelson Mandela. 
Fast forward to current times. Freedom Day is the official Independence Day of South Africa. It is celebrated on the 27th of April every year and commemorates the first democratic non-racial elections held in 1994, during which Nelson Mandela became the first black president of South Africa, and he... Yes, he is affectionately known as Madiba, and he held this position from May 1994 until June 1999. As the official Independence Day of South Africa, Freedom Day is celebrated to pay tribute to all those men and women who have made relentless efforts and sacrifices on behalf of the oppressed masses. Now let's go around the world to China. Well, gee, what can we say about China? It is one of the world's oldest leading civilizations, consisting of states and cultures that date back more than 600 years. China is the world's longest constantly used written language system, And also, it is the source of many of the world's greatest uh, inventions. Did you know, for example, I didn't know this until I started looking this up, did you know that the four great inventions of ancient China are paper, the compass, gunpowder, and printing? Now, you might be thinking, wait just a minute, I thought the Egyptians invented paper. The Egyptians used papyrus, but as it turns out, paper and the pulp paper-making process was actually said to be developed in China during the uh, early 2nd century. Go figure. The last Chinese civil war created a deadlock that resulted in two political entities using the name China. The People's Republic of China, which administers mainland China, Hong Kong, and Macau, and, number two, the Republic of China, which administers Taiwan and the surrounding islands. You probably already know that China is the most populous country in the world with over 1.31 billion with a B. Wow! I know. We have all watched its rapidly growing economy, advances in research and development, military spending, and other capabilities that has caused China to emerge as a well-known and well-recognized superpower in the world. The Chinese celebrate their Independence Day on October 1st every year, marking the foundation of the People's Republic of China. The Central People's Government passed the resolution on the National Day of the People's Republic of China on December 2, 1949, and declared October 1 as the National Day or Independence Day of China. The National Day is the beginning of one of the golden weeks in China. October 1 is celebrated throughout mainland China, Hong Kong, and Macau. Celebrations include fireworks and concerts. Public places like Tiananmen Square in Beijing, 
are decked out in a festive theme, and portraits of admired leaders like Sun Yat-sen are publicly displayed. So that is China. And now we go, our last country of the day, over to India. How did India get its independence? Guess from who? Oh, yes, the British. (laughs) Did the British wake up one day and decide it was the right thing to do? Nope. In 1946, World War II had just ended and had depleted Britain's resources. The Labor government didn't have a mandate at home, international support, or reliable forces in India to continue oppressing an increasingly restless country. So it decided to end British rule. As an aside, you know, I had a a judge one day tell me that he had met Ian Smith, who used to be the uh, who was the last British leader in uh, what was then Rhodesia before it became Zimbabwe, and he said he was such a wonderful man, and this was the one time when a government was handed over to its indigenous people without a war. And I thought, well, I see Ian Smith was a liar too, because he clearly forgot about the guerrilla war that happened in Zimbabwe for years before the British finally decided to end their rule. So. Generally, when you see a country become free, it's not because the oppressor suddenly decided it's the right thing to do, because the right thing to do was never to steal the land and oppress the people to start with. But hey, don't get me started. Independence Day of India is celebrated on the 15th of August to commemorate its independence from British rule and its birth as a sovereign nation in 1946. This is a national holiday in India. All over the country, flag-hoisting ceremonies are conducted by the local administration in attendance. The main event takes place in Delhi, the capital city of India, where the prime minister hosts the national flag, hoists the national flag at the Red Fort, and delivers a nationally televised speech from its ramparts. In his speech, he usually highlights the achievements of his government during the past year, raises important issues, and gives a call for further development. It's kind of like a State of the Union speech. The Prime Minister also pays his tribute to leaders of the freedom struggle. And this brings us to the end of our whirlwind tour around the world to celebrate Independence Day. Visit this post on thespeedwayshow.com for links to interesting historical facts and a site where you can check out facts about the history and independence celebrations of many other countries. Until next week, this is Speedway saying, to all Americans and those who live in this mighty and wonderful nation of ours, happy 4th of July. Thank you for joining us on The Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash thespeedwayshow. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle thespeedwayshow. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.